certain level of understanding of him, and it's sort of debatable how much people really understand about who God is. But, but whatever the level of understanding is, it, it's enough to be held accountable, um, that we'll be without excuse when we stand before God one day. So we knew about God. We uh, rejected God and said, I don't want your way of doing things. Um, I don't want to submit myself to you, Creator. Um, and then we replaced God with something else. Uh, we, we all worship something. And so when we replace worship of God, we typically replace it with something that's really worship of us. It's some, some sort of thing in our lives that we uh, want to uh, give honor to and, and, and wrap our lives around. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's really our own, uh, of our own making. Um, and so we have, you know, thousands of re- man-made religions that have, that have existed over time. Um, that have created their own systems of worship um, that kind of suits their own desires and their own needs. Um, but beyond religions, we worship uh, plenty of other things uh, in our lives uh, because we have to worship something. We, we've been created as beings that worship. And so uh, when we don't worship God, when we don't submit to God, we've got to worship something else. And so God is really mad about this. He's, uh, in fact, he's revealing his wrath. He's, he's revealing his anger um, toward us. And, um, and um, I ended last week actually with this, with this statement that might have seemed weird to me, to you. It was weird to me when I was writing it, which is that humanity should probably watch out. And the reason why I put that there is because really humanity should watch out. If the God of the universe, who is, is all-powerful and is a, a pretty scary guy is, um, c- and can do anything that he wants, and he's angry and his anger is directed at you, we should be, you and me, we should be freaked out about that. We should be uh, intimidated by that. Um, we should be worried about that. Now... Today, we're going to continue with a little bit of a depressing theme. Sorry, it's just, it's just where we are in Romans. Uh, it gets better. Um, but if what we're talking about today, if, if, if you're not convinced of that first piece of the puzzle um, that we talked about last week, then this week is not going to make sense. It's actually probably, as we go through it, um, what will go through your mind is, is God, God seems unfair. Uh, that doesn't seem right. Because if we're not completely convinced of our utter depravity as, as humans, um, then God's response, his wrath, his anger, and how he's pouring that out, and he's pouring it out in a very specific way, we're, we're going to look at that and go, well, that's unfair. But if we recognize that we are completely and utterly messed up, and that really any sort of uh, reaction by God is completely just and completely fair and completely the right thing, then we'll actually see this as, um, as a reasonable response to how ugly we are. Last week, um, we talked about this guy, uh, Ariel Castro. Um, that he was a, uh, a guy who uh, abducted some girls, um, mistreated those girls over an 11-year period of time. 
Um, I'm not going to go through all the details again, but I'm hoping that, that that kind of those details are refreshing in your mind. Someone that we, uh, we think of as a monster or someone who's sick or someone who's mentally deranged, um, we would call this kind of a person a psychopath. Um, but I think it's important. I'm going to show a little video here with, with a few clips of, of him in court responding to or trying to, in some ways, uh, explain his behavior. And what I find to be interesting is that we tend to want to take people like this and separate them from ourselves, right? Monster, sick, deranged, psychopath. And maybe you'll still say psycho, deranged, psychopath, not like me. But what I find to be interesting is that this guy's a pretty normal guy. You know, we picture someone like this as, as like stark raving mad and like just totally weird. And, but this guy was pretty normal. In fact, he didn't do the things he did. He, he abducted the first girl when he was 42. That's how old I am. Like he spent most of his life actually in a pretty normal way. He was a school bus driver for 21 years and actually was, was well respected as a, as a very good school bus driver. Um, he had a wife. He had two kids. Um, he was a pretty normal guy. And so what, what my question is, and maybe what your question is, why would someone do that? Why would someone who's a pretty normal guy do something like that? I'm going to suggest to you that actually it's an example of God's wrath being poured out against us. Let's just take a look at his comments here. This led me into um, viewing pornography all my whole life. Uh, what I'm trying to get is that these people are trying to paint me as a monster, and I'm not a monster. I'm sick. I think, I think my sexual problems been so bad on my mind that I'm impulsive. I believe I am addicted to porn to the point that it really makes me impulsive and I, I just don't realize that what I'm doing is wrong. But when I got up that day, I did not say, oh, I'm gonna get up and try to find some women because it's just, it has my character. Um, I know when I picked up the second victim, which is Gina, I don't understand how I passed up my own daughter and picked her up because I was driven by sex. But I'm not a monster, I'm a normal person. I am just sick. I have an addiction. Just like an alcoholic has an addiction. Alcoholics cannot control their addiction. That's why I couldn't control my addiction. That's basically it. I, I just want to clear the record that I am not a monster. I did not pray on these women, I just acted on my sexual instincts because of my uh, sexual addiction. I am truly sorry for what happened. To this day, I'm trying to answer my own questions. I don't know why. A man that had everything going on for himself. I had a job, I had a home, I had vehicles, I had 
my musical talent. I, I had everything going on for me, Ron. I don't know why. I don't know if you guys are picking up that he's trying to grapple with his own, like, why did I do this? I, I know it was wrong. I know it was shameful. When I was doing it, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was shameful, but I just couldn't help myself. Right? He used the term addicted multiple times, which is just a way to say I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. He says, I'm I'm sick. I don't even understand why I would do that. I don't know why I prayed on these women. don't understand it. I think this morning we actually get a good look at why someone like this would do this. It, on an individual level, and then on a broader level, how, how cultures kind of spiral into this kind of stuff too. Let me pray for us. Lord, um, as we look at, at your word this morning, help just to, um, just to make it clear to us. Help us have a very, very clear picture of humanity, of, of ourselves, of, the, of the, the, the classification of being that we are a part of. Help us to, um, to break down our illusions about ourselves. We're so... Um, we're so used to, I, I think the fall has tricked us into believing that we're something more than what we are. We're something better than what we are. And, um, and you want us to be sobered by a good look at who we are. And sobered by um, your response to who we are. Pray that you just make your word clear this morning. In your name, amen. So keep in mind the context of this is the wrath of God being poured out, right? That's what we looked at last week. The wrath of God is being poured out, and this is how it's being poured out. This is God's wrath. He's going to describe it here. He said, God gave them over. Because they rejected God, because of our ungodliness, because of our unrighteousness, God gave us over. That word is actually, means actually to hand us over, hand us into the custody of someone else. It's, uh, it's the word that's actually used um, concerning Jesus at his crucifixion. At, in Mark 15, 15, he says, Wishing to satisfy the crowd, talking about Pilate, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after handing Jesus, having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. So same word. It's to place into the custody of another. The, the sentence was pronounced against Jesus, crucifixion, and so Pilate hands him over to the soldiers who are actually going to carry out the crucifixion. Placed him into the custody of these soldiers that were going to do that. And for us, humanity has been placed into the custody of another. The, our, the sentence has been passed against us. We are ungodly. We are unrighteous. We are messed up. Hopefully we're convinced of that last week or just convinced of that in our lives. And, and, and you might be someone who's thinking, well, well, who's judging how messed up we are? I think we're actually pretty decent. 
I look around and see pretty decent people in the world. And I feel like I'm a pretty decent person. Well, the person who's saying that we're messed up is the creator and sustainer of everything that we know. Your own view of yourself uh, is, should definitely be sub subjected uh, to the one who knows us best, the one who created us. And so because of that pronouncement of ungodliness and unrighteousness, he's handing us over to the custody of another. Well, who's he handing us over to? He says he gave them over in the lusts of their heart to impurity. God's anger and his wrath towards us is causing him to, to place us into the custody of our own desires, of our own longings, of our own cravings. And actually this word lust actually means like overwhelming desires, undeniable cravings. Like I, I, I can't help myself, unimaginably deep longings. These insatiable cravings that we have as human beings that are at the, the, the heart of us, the core of our being, our, our mental, physical, emotional being, the center of that, that we're actually being handed over to the, to the deepest, darkest cravings in our hearts. And, and the result is impurity which is, it literally just means filthy, dirty, disgusting things. Well, by whose standard are these filthy, dirty, disgusting things? By our own standards, in fact. Things that we think are dirty and disgusting. Those things that we never thought we wanted to do that, that, that are just completely unacceptable to others and to ourselves... He's handing us over to those very things. And we find ourselves doing those things. Just like Jesus was handed over to the Roman authorities to be crucified, that was the ultimate result, was crucifixion. We've been handed over to our own deepest desires to result in filthy, dirty, disgusting behavior. See, the reality is that God has actually been, um, been restraining our sinful desires. He holds us back from, from, our, from our deepest, darkest selves. Um, it's like, um, you know, someone at a, in a bar or something who gets mad at someone else and they're angry and they just want to go fight that other person and their friends are like holding them back, right? Like, no, 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 just let it go, man, right? Like, oh, they're like holding him back from doing something. Where if they would let him go, he would just go crazy and hit, right? God's been holding us back from ourselves. Our, our, our deepest, darkest desires are like, are like a, a river, like a, a flowing river. And, and we're sitting on a boat on that river and God has been holding that boat in place. Our desires are trying to pull us down river. We want to, I want to go down river. That's, that's what I, I, I desire. That's what I want. And I, I want to go there. And he's been holding us back. But because of our behavior, because of our ugliness, because of our depravity, he's going, okay, go ahead. Go down the road that you really want to go down. And those currents pull us ever deeper, ever deeper. 
and we start circling the drain. God's anger is over our behavior is causing us to go deeper and deeper into our own darkest desires. To what end, as we circle the drain, it, it ends up so that our bodies would be dishonored among them. The results of this is dishonor. Shameful thoughts, shameful actions. And again, whose judgment of shameful? Our own judgment of shameful. Things that we, we consider shameful. Things that our culture considers shameful, so we keep them secret. We keep them, them hidden. Because we don't want other people to see how deep and dark and ugly we truly are. So we start crossing lines that we never intended to cross. In, in, in individuals like Ariel Castro, for instance, that secret shame that was probably rotting in him for years, for him it started with pornography. It started him circling the drain for years and years and years and years, and years, and years, until finally he's 42, and he never intended that day to go out and abduct a, a 21-year-old girl. But he saw her walking. He actually knew her. She was a friend of his daughter's. Think about that. And he's driving, and he sees her, and he gives her a ride. And those, those deep dark desires that have been circling the drain for years finally causes him to do something that would have been unimaginable to him, right? Like this was not a guy who was looking to do this thing. And he abducts her. And then he hides her away and he keeps her in secret. And another girl and another girl and hides them away and keeps them in secret because it's shameful. He knows it's shameful. He knows he can't tell people about this. He can't let people know. People would come over to the house infrequently, but they would come over to the house and he would turn up loud music. Why? Because he had to keep it secret. It's shameful. He doesn't understand. He's, I'm sick. I'm, just, I'm a normal person, but I'm, I'm sick. You've got to understand. I don't understand myself. I have an addiction. I can't control this thing. In fact, what's interesting, and I've heard this from a number of people over the years in, in counseling, is that he said his greatest desire was actually that the FBI would have caught him years before. He wanted to be caught. Because it would have ended this, this torture of himself, right? He just wanted it exposed. In some ways, him getting caught was a relief to him. Point on uh, your handout if you want to fill it in. The first one is, God in his anger is handing humanity over to our own insatiable desires. God in his anger is handing humanity over to our own insatiable desires. And if you watch... Um, you can see this principle come to fruition. You can actually see God's wrath. 
occurring in individual lives and occurring in society. We'll talk about society here in a second. Let's go on to verse 25. It says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. He's kind of re-hitting the, the ground he's already trod in the last um, section. He's just reminding us of, of what our problem is. And our problem is, is that we exchange the truth of God for a lie. It wasn't that we didn't have the truth. Remember, all humanity has the truth built into them. But we exchanged it. We didn't want it. So we exchange the truth about ourselves, the truth about reality, and we replace that with lies. We've started lying to ourselves. Everybody lies to themselves. In fact, even in that video, I would say Ariel Castro is lying to himself. Because what he's saying is, I, 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 it's almost like I have this separate thing. It's not me that did that to those girls. Right? It's something else that did that. No, 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 buddy. That's, that's you. Yeah, sure. You didn't want to hit the bottom of the drain. But you jumped on the boat. You wanted that. You wanted to ride the whirlwind. We've exchanged the truth about God for, for, uh, for my, own, my own lies that I tell myself. I want to self-determine my own life. I can find my own truth in life. I don't need God, in fact. So instead of worshiping the God who created everything, we exchange worship for him for, for something else in, in creation. Everything that people worship is something that God created. So instead of worshiping the creator of everything that we see, we take the things that, he, that, that are here, which are good. God created this world good, right? Very good. He's looking at it going, this is good. But then we take that and we worship that thing. We worship the good instead of God. Which God never intended. Or multiple things we worship. We give it value. We give it, we serve it. We, um, they become these things that we can't live without. When he's the one that we should, should be the one we can't live without, Right? And then we, we just validate our own choices by hanging out with the same people who have the same values as us, who are, who are lying to themselves just like we're lying to ourselves. We worship things like money, sex, fame, power, all created things. We worship the new house, the new car, the new boat, all clearly created things. We work, worship recognition from others. Just respect from others. Living for that. Pursuing that. Wrapping our lives around getting more of that. We worship fleeting moments of happiness. If there's, anything, if there's one thing that I would say our culture worships, it's happiness. They just want moments of happiness. So we look for those in, in people, in things, in romantic relationships, in, in family and all of these things were created to be good. It's, there's nothing wrong with these things, right? Family's good. But then we place it on the seed of 
God in our life, the thing that we serve, the, the thing that we worship. Again, Castro, Ariel Castro never wanted to be at the bottom of the drain. But he did want to pursue those lusts and desires. He just didn't like the result of those things. And so for this reason, he says, God gave them over to degrading passions. Degrading is, is, is dishonorable, shameful passions. And again, I just want to keep repeating this. The standard for shame is our own shame. Like things that we think are shameful. Things that we want to hide. Things that we're embarrassed about. God gives us over to those things. In our individual lives and in our culture. To degrading, dishonorable, shameful passions. Which, which that word passion, is, 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 it's a negative word. It's, it's unwanted, uncontrollable lusts. I can't hold back. I want to, but I can't hold back. And of course, we have some very, very clear examples of this, and usually we call these things addictions, right? Alcohol, drugs. There's people who would say they have sex addiction, pornography addiction. We call them addictions because they're uncontrollable urges, right? We want to put them in a, in a category, and it's a, I think it's a proper category. I can't help myself. That's right. You can't. But it's, but it's because you've pursued that, and God is just giving you over to your deepest desires for that. And then he gives an example. He says, for their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also men abandon the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men com committing indecent acts, receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. It says women exchange the natural function. This is, it just means the way it was intended to be. The way things were supposed to function. It's hard in our society because we're so shaped by our society to see this. But if you clear away all the junk in our society, it's basic biology, right? You just look at men and women and there's basic biology there, observable reality of how that works. Just, just, just think of how the pieces fit together, right? Like, it's just obvious. And it's obvious in our world. You look at any, uh, any species on the planet, almost every species, it works that way. There's the male, there's the female, and that's what occurs, right? Like, it's just the, way, the order of things. It's the way it works. But instead, because of these deep desires and our rejection of God, he's handed us over to our deepest, darkest desires to exchange the natural function, what, what, what just is the way it's supposed to work, and, and, and we, we twist it, and we pervert it, and we make it something that it was never intended to be. And so, so now you have men with men and women with women. And it's just not, well, it's not the natural function. It's not the way it was supposed to be. In fact, just using logic, men and women, like, 
that was intended for something, right? It's intended for life creation. And they exchange that for something that is anything but that. And he says they receive the due penalty of their error. It's, it's degrading. It's, it's embarrassing. It used to be something in our society that you didn't talk about. Like, yeah, there were those people over there, but shh. Like, they don't even talk about it. I even think of, like, early on you had, um, oh, I can't think of these guys right now, but there were a couple of, like, Liberace or, um, gosh, who's the candle in the wind guy? Elton John, right? Like, like you kind of knew something was going on there, right? But they wouldn't admit it. They wouldn't come for it because you, shh. Right? We don't, we don't talk about that. It's embarrassing. And, and you might go, well, these things aren't shameful in our society, right? In fact, these things are celebrated in our society today. But that's because our culture has been circling the drain for decades. We can see, I mean, you can see this in lots of areas of our society, but, you, but this is a clear one that started way back in the 60s and 70s and 80s with the sexual revolution, right? That sex before marriage used to be like, shh. Like, people did that, right? But like, you don't talk about it because I'm kind of embarrassed about that. So yeah, me and my girlfriend, yeah, we did. I'm not going to talk about it. And then it's, Circled the drain, circled the drain, decade after decade, decade after, de after decade. And now it's like, of course, why, why wouldn't you do that? That's just what boyfriends and girlfriends do. I mean, how are you going to know if you're sexually compatible unless you do that? Right? There was an increase in, in the acceptability of public nudity. And that led to more pornography. And again, that was something, shh, like that was on the back rack in the back room and you had to like ask to go back there and like get it. And like, you know, that was embarrassing to like have to go pay for that. Like, like it was embarrassing, like shh, shameful. And now it's accepted and in fact encouraged. Like there's medical professionals who are like, yeah, that's, that's healthy. If you're not doing that, there's probably something repressed in you that you need to release. And that's now a, a $12 billion industry in America. That's $45 for every man, woman, child in America is spent every year on pornography. Every second, 28,258 internet users are viewing it. Every second. Every 39 minutes, a new pornographic video is created. This is the society we live in. It didn't start that way, but we've been circling the drain. Deeper and deeper. Extramarital affairs are becoming more and more normalized. And not open, but if you can get away with it, eh, you're just a red-blooded male, right? It's understandable. I've, I've told you guys about this crazy website that still is unbelievable to me called Ashley Madison. 
which its single purpose is to hook up married people with people that are not their spouse. In fact, their, their tagline is, life is short, have an affair. And we would think that's some sort of a fringe thing. They have 54 million active accounts. 54 million? Like, I can't even fathom that number. And this premarital sex and this extramarital sex has led to an un unintended consequence. I don't think anybody 60, 70 years ago would think about the fact that we're killing babies now, right? But we've got to do something with that secret. Like I got my mistress pregnant. Like we got to do something with that. I got my girlfriend pregnant. I'm not ready for that. So we're killing unwanted babies. And it's not only normalized, but it's celebrated now. In fact, there's something called Shout Your Abortion, which is about publicly being, being prideful about what you did. Homosexuality definitely normalized in our country, right? Right? It was, it was legalized, which if you're younger than me or as young as me, that might sound shocking to you, like legalized, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was illegal at one point. Well, those were just bigoted laws back then when people didn't, no, 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 we were trying to protect ourselves, right? We were trying to protect our society, protect our culture, but we just legalized it. And now we have same-sex marriage, Supreme Court, go for it, marry each other totally in mainstream now. We're just circling the train. All of this, I just want to keep pointing back, this is God's wrath. We can see it in our society. He's doing this. He's angry and he's letting us circle the drain deeper and deeper into our own desires. Our own twisted and perverse desires. And now we have men and women who are surgically cutting up their organs to pretend to be the sex that they're not. What is wrong with us? We're just circling and circling and circling. And honestly, I don't think God is done. I am not a prophet, but I think we're going to see this more and more in our society. We're still going down. This is not the end. We haven't hit bottom. I think, I actually know we're starting to normalize sexual expression between multiple partners, polyamory. We're just going to have a, a group that all kind of has sex with each other. In fact, there's an interesting statistic I found. 40% of women, they did, or men, they did a survey. 40% of men, 25% of women said they would like their current monogamous relationship to become polyamorous, to, be, to become open. They would love to do that if it was acceptable in society. They would do it. 40% of women, men, 25% of women, they would do this. We're headed there. We are so headed there. Relationships between brothers and sisters. I think it's coming. And accepted going to say this because we need a little bit of you factor, but, and I think this is going to be in my lifetime. I think relationships with animals 
It's coming. It's happened in other, in other societies. I think it's coming. We went you 60 years ago, right? About some of these things. Live sex acts. You just go and watch. It'll start out as artistic expression. But then it'll become just a show I go and watch. Normalization of child pornography. Trust me, it's coming. In fact, between 2019 and 2018, in 2019, there were 45 million photos and videos uploaded of child sexual abuse. 45 million. And that was double 2018. Why does that matter? The reason why it was doubled, this is a demand business. There's an increased demand for it. Right? And it's shameful now. Like, you don't talk about that. You go to jail for that, right? Shh. It's going to be acceptable in our society. I'm not a prophet. I can't say for sure. Mark my words. Moving from abortion for the full nine months of pregnancy, which we currently have in a number of states, to infanticide. Because honestly, what's the difference? What about if my baby is born and they have a defect I didn't know about? That's why I got rid of them before they came out of my belly. Why can't it be the way, the reason I get rid of them after it comes out of my belly? There's already been suggestions to this stuff. I'm not making this stuff up, right? Spiraling the drain. Point out your hand out if you want to fill it out. It says, our desires are causing us to cross lines that are increasingly disgraceful. And I'm going to let <clears throat> this next passage mostly stand on its own. Because he's just talking about the drain and the bottom of the drain. He says, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer... I'm not even going to recognize God. I'm not even going to think about God. I might be an atheist or agnostic, which, by the way, that, those numbers have doubled in the uh, past 15 years. But, but maybe I believe in God, but I'm not going to recognize him. I'm not even going to think about him in my life. That's way increasing in our society. God gave them over to a depraved mind, a twisted mind, to do things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, every form of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. The list. Within that is, is, is every form of ugliness, in all sectors of society and all sectors of our lives. Just rotten to the core is who we are as humans. And although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Not only do we do these things, but we create little groups of ourselves that approve of the things that we do. 
And that just grows into a society that approves of the things we do. And we see this, right? We've been talking about this stuff. These things that were formerly shameful and we didn't talk about now are way out in the open and everybody's like, bold choice, good job. That's healthy. Nice work. Bottom of your handout. Oh, sorry. Fill in your handout. Due to humanity's rejection of God, he allows our ways of thinking to become increasingly depraved and twisted. And then we celebrate the depravity. Increasingly depraved and twisted. And then we celebrate the depravity. Bottom of your handout read this together. God's anger is on display throughout history and particularly within our culture today. His wrath frees us to produce a path of increasing depravity within our society as a whole and our own individual lives. We will continue on an unending descent into, the, into thinking and doing things that we never thought ourselves capable of just to turn around and find a new low. Unfortunately for most, the next step is usually to find a group that will justify our behavior or to find sufficient personal justification, usually calling it an addiction or a disorder. This allows us to revolutionize our continued, no, allows us to rationalize our continued rejection and ignoring, ignoring of God and to proceed down an ever-deepening chasm of depraved thinking and its re resulting behavior. All of this is ample evidence of God's wrath. The question is not if God is angry, he is. The question is not if this is a result of his anger, it is. The question is not if we deserve it, we do. The question is what, if anything, can we possibly do to be spared from his wrath? And with all the depressingness of what we've talked about this morning, the good news is there is a solution to this. We'll get there eventually. Let me pray for us. Lord, um, thank you for giving us a sober view of ourselves. We, um, we tend not to think rightly about ourselves, Lord. But help us to see ourselves rightly. Help us to see our society rightly. Help us to see humanity as a whole rightly. And help us to see that, that all of this depravity, really, it, it, it comes from ourselves. But it's, it's a recognition, it's a, it's, a, it's a revealing of your anger towards us, your wrath towards us, allowing us to go to deeper and deeper levels of depravity. And help, us bring, help that bring us to a point of just complete and utter distrust in ourselves. That's the starting point of our trust in you. Pray this all in your name.